Welcome, and thanks for listening to the Harvest Lakeshore Sermon Podcast. For more information about us, visit harvestlakeshore.org. Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. When Howard Carter, the British archaeologist, peered wide-eyed into an ancient Egyptian tomb in 1922, at first he saw nothing. For more than 20 centuries, archaeologists, tourists, and tomb robbers had searched for the burial places of Egypt's pharaohs. It was believed that nothing remained undisturbed, especially in the royal valley where the ancient monarchs had been buried for over half a millennium. With only a few scraps of evidence, Carter carried on his pursuit, privately financed because nobody felt there was anything left to be discovered. But he was convinced there was one remaining tomb. Twice during his six-year search, he came to within two yards of the first stone step leading to the burial chamber, and finally he found it. Can you see anything, his assistants asked. As Carter's eyes adjusted, he was seeing, but he had difficulty speaking because he saw what no modern man had ever seen, wooden animals, statues, chests, chariots, Carved cobras, uh, vases, daggers, jewels, a throne, and a hand-carved coffin of a teenage king. It was the priceless tomb and treasure of King Tutankhamun, the world's most exciting archaeological discovery, some would say. Howard Carter's great perseverance brought him King Tut's treasure. Well, this morning, we are not going to be talking about perseverance to get treasure from this world, though this text sometimes is utilized to try to get us to do that. We are going to be studying about perseverance in prayer, uh, to a prayer to a God who is generous and kind and loving and gives good gifts to his children. Uh, but before we talk about prayer, I think we should pray. Father, we need you. We desperately need you. Uh, we need you for so many different things, Lord. We need you for comfort today because some are grieving over the loss, uh, the losses that were experienced this week. Some are grieving over losses that were experienced by those who gave their lives serving our country. 
So we need you for comfort, but we also need you for wisdom, Lord, and direction. Help us to understand this text in its context. And I pray, Lord, that you'd work in us perseverance in prayer as we seek you, the good and loving Heavenly Father that you are. We thank you, Father. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Well, this morning, we're going to look at three observations from uh, this passage. The first observation is this. Uh, This passage is often taken out of context. I just want to start there. Oftentimes, these few verses are just taken right out of here, and they're kind of made to say something that I don't think the text is saying. But this is kind of how it happens. So if you kind of look at your Bibles and, you know, if you just kind of read this, if you hadn't been in the Sermon on the Mount, as we've been in the Sermon on the Mount for the past number of months, and you just kind of pulled these out and you read them, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks find, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. And then you jump down to verse 11. If then you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask them? And then if you happen to flip over to the book of James, chapter 4, verse 2, that in the second half of that verse, it says, you do not have because you do not ask. So if you just kind of read them just there without anything else around, you might be like, well, oh gosh. I mean, I don't, want to, I don't want to keep God from giving me stuff. Obviously, he wants to give me stuff, and I don't want to keep him from doing that, so I'm just going to ask. I'm going to name it, and I'm going to claim it. I'm going to put my, my prayers, my tokens in the slot machine, and I'm just going to keep pulling it. And if I keep putting the tokens in and I keep pulling it, eventually there is going to be a payout. Friends, it is absolutely essential that when you come to the Bible and when we study passages, we read them in context. Because this this passage is not about getting material blessings. Though Jesus did teach us, we studied in the Lord's Prayer when we have needs. So we ask him to give us this day our daily bread. Certainly when we have needs, we we ask for those needs. But this, this passage isn't about getting material blessing. This passage is in the context of the Sermon on the Mount. Right? You, you have to re- remember what, what's going on here, remember Jesus, you know, he doesn't pull up a chair, but he goes up on the mountain and he sits down and the disciples come to him at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, right? And then, you know, if you've kind of flipped back in your Bibles, Jesus starts off, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed, blessed, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. He goes through all of that. And then he talks about being salt and light, right? Uh, and then he talks about that he came to uh, fulfill the whole law and that our righteousness should exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. And then he goes on to talk about directing our hearts towards his kingdom in regards to lust and in regards to anger and oaths and retaliation and loving your enemies. And then he talks about giving to the needy and how to pray and how not to do that in front of other people. And then he talks about how to do that with fasting and laying up your treasures in heaven. And well, and then and don't be anxious uh, and seek first his kingdom. 
There's a lot that just happened. And Jesus just communicated all of that. And so the, the original hearers, they, they, in that moment, they are going to be like, I would just be in that moment. Just as I read that, I'm kind of like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I can do all this stuff. You ever feel like the Christian life is just like so, so hard? Like, how, how, how can I do this? How can I do what Jesus is asking me to do? Well, we need God's grace. We need his help. And so Jesus, knowing this, tells his disciples how to ask for the help that they need. And, and this teaches us how to ask for the help that we need. Now, the first place we start, obviously, in the Christian life, we start by confessing our sins and believing in the Lord Jesus. Because all of these things are just a bunch of rules for us to check off that we think we're trying to earn favor with God. We're not trying to earn favor with God to do these things, no, we come to Christ. And if you've not trusted in Jesus, that's the first place to start. It's not, it's not rules. The first place to start is relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But when we come to Christ and we see, we see our need, we, we, we need his help. And so the answer to getting his help is asking, seeking, and knocking. So Jesus is really teaching us, though, though we can per pursue God, we, we can uh, persevere in prayer for a number of things in our lives, I think there's application for that. And I think primarily Jesus is teaching us to seek him for having the character of the kingdom and, and seeking God for his help in getting the character of the kingdom. Jesus is encouraging us to pray with persistence for spiritual growth. Because, because we, we need it when we look at all that's here. And so this is what he teaches us. He, he teaches us to ask and seek and not. Let's just unpack those, those words, asking. What does asking tell us? Well, that, that implies that we, we see that we have a conscious need. That there's humility in us coming, saying, I need the, the flavor in the original is like going to a superior asking for help. Because you realize, I can't do this. I need to go to someone who knows what to do. So I'm going to ask. Martin Luther gives some clarity to this by saying, God knows we are timid and shy, that we feel unworthy to present our needs to God. We think that God is so great and we are so tiny that we do not dare to pray. That is why Christ wants to remove our doubts and to have us go ahead confidently and boldly. Because we can be discouraged. I have been tempted and was even tempted this week to not pray because I thought I need to get this I need to get this fixed in my life. I've got, to got, I've got to get this all together. I have to have it all together before I can come to the Lord. Even though I know that's not true, even though I've taught things that are differently, that temptation is regularly there. Oh, I, I can't come before the Lord. No, we come before the Lord because of what Christ has done. And so Jesus is saying, come, ask. So ask. And then he says, seek. 
Ask and will be given to you. Seek and you will find. So seeking is not just asking, but getting up and looking around for help. Like when, you, when you're looking for your parents, this would have happened to me and my mom and dad. You know, I need help with my homework or I need help with something that I'm doing around the house. And so I need to go on a hunt and I need to look for my dad. So what do I do? I go, dad, you know, you start by staying in one place and you just start yelling, dad, dad, as if, as if our parents can hear us from anywhere in the universe. And we yell and then, and then I start seeking. So I start to go. I go into the living room. Is dad in his chair? Dad's not in his chair. Oh, well, maybe he's upstairs. So I run upstairs. No, he's not upstairs. I run downstairs. Oh, uh, you know, he wasn't in the kitchen, but I'm going to check there again. And I, oh, uh, dad, dad, are you there? And then I seek, find, go, oh, no, he's in the workroom. No, he's not there. Oh, I need to go outside to the barn or to the garage. And eventually I find my dad and I ask him for his help. But that's, that's the sense of seeking. It's, you're not just, you're just in one place asking. No, you're, you're getting up, you're going, you're, you're finding And there's a promise that when we, we seek God, we, we're going to find him. Matthew, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. When there's that hunger, we're satisfied. But we heard about seeking in Matthew chapter 6 when Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. When we are seeking the treasure of the kingdom, when we are desiring the treasure and treasuring the kingdom, we're going to ask for that treasure. And in our seeking, sometimes God is getting something done in us as we are doing the seeking. Oftentimes we think prayer is about just asking for something and then God doing something for us. God does stuff in the asking. God does stuff in the persevering of our prayer. He gets stuff done in our hearts. I've discovered that the longer I have to pray about something, rarely is my heart in the same space as, as I've come to see the answer for that prayer than it was at the beginning of that. Whether I prayed for a week about something or maybe I'm still in the process of praying years for certain things. But my heart is in a different place because in the seeking, God redirects our gaze towards him and towards his kingdom. But then there's sometimes as you're seeking, it just feels like you run into a wall. You feel that? You, you run into a wall. Like, like coming to a door that's closed and you can't open it. Now, when, when I was seeking out my dad, if I came to a door, what, what would I do? I wouldn't go, oh, I guess I can't find him. I guess I'm just gonna have to figure it out. No, I'd be like, Dad, Dad, are you there? Maybe it was his bedroom. Maybe it was the bathroom. Even worse, right? Dad, Dad, this has never happened to any parent in this house. Never, yeah, right? Some of your moms were like, that is the 10 minutes that I get to myself. But no, we're, no we knock. We knock because we, we, know, we, we know they're there and, and we can't get through and they're the only ones that can open it, so we are, we, are, we are seeking them in that way. There's persistence there. That's, that's the response. So Jesus is saying, ask, seek, knock. 
He's speaking of the fact of just kind of this continual relationship, and he, he unpacks it even a little bit more when he talks about these same words in the Gospel of Luke. Luke 11, verse 5, reads this. He tells the story. And he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. I think that's kind of a normal request, but the story goes on. I love it because the friend, the friend doesn't want to get out of bed, and he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. What kind of friend does that? But anyway, this goes on. It says, I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. Other than the fact, I just wonder, what kind of friends does this guy have? But he's speaking something. That because of the persistence that is there, because of the, the asking regularly, there's, there's something, some mystery that happens with, with this asking that brings the fruit of an answer, whoever asks, receives, and the one who seeks, find, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Now, we oftentimes are persistent in prayer when we have some kind of physical ailment or when we're lacking uh, financially for something. But how often do we persist in prayer because we want to grow spiritually? So when we see God, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. When we, when we see God's perfect standard and we read this, it, it drives us to our knees. Jesus is asking us to keep asking for those things that will direct our hearts towards his kingdom. He's asking us to pursue these very things that we have been studying. And if you find yourself struggling with them, Pursue him in prayer. Ask, seek, knock. Don't just go, well, I did all right in verses 13 to 16, but 17 to 20, they were really hard. I think I'm just gonna skip those ones and pick the ones that are really easy for me to do. No, he wants to see us grow. He wants our hearts directed towards his kingdom. He wants us to shine as lights in the midst of a world that desperately needs to hear about Jesus. So how do we do it? We need to do it with his grace. And he promises that he will answer. And, and Jesus prays this way. This isn't inconsistent with the way that Jesus prays. Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is how he prayed for the disciples. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Lord, lead us not into temptation. He says, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Prays for their growth. And he says that they may all be one. He prays that they'll all be one. He prays for unity. And he prays other things. So he's praying for their character. He's praying for their, their souls and their, their spiritual condition. Paul does this time and again in his letters. In Colossians, this is how he prays in Colossians 1. He says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. Asking what? Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, 
bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. That's what Paul prayed. Think about how we would change. Think about how others would change if that's the content of our prayers, that they would see God. What's the content of your prayers? Asking for God's will to be done in your life in accordance with chapters 5, 6, and 7 of this book or any part of Scripture, he's going to answer. He gives good things. If you want to grow, he will help you to grow. So Jesus, Jesus encouraged us to pray with persistence about our growth in godliness. And Jesus encourages us to pray with confidence, knowing God's goodness, because we don't, we don't often pray if we don't have the motivation to pray. And we, we often don't pray because we view God wrongly. We can wrongly think that God is just perpetually displeased with us. He's just He's just got a chip on his shoulder whenever we walk in the room. But remember, as we've, we've said time and again, our, our sinful life was exchanged for Jesus' righteous life. He went to the cross so that we could experience the benefit of, of his righteous life, and he took upon himself our sinful life. So God doesn't look at you like with the chip on his shoulder all the time. We can feel God's distant or uninterested. There's a constant temptation to think that God is stingy or that he is playing tricks on us. And that's where this next kind of part comes from. Look back at your Bibles. Or which of you, if he, his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil... How, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Now for us, as we come to this text, we kind of come to it with our understanding in our culture of what, what things look like. So when we, when we hear Jesus talk about fish and, and rocks, we think of things like this, right? Well, you, might, you might not think of something exactly like this, but it's the best fish I could find. Uh, other than a real one. Uh, and, and we think of rocks like this. And so when we first get it, we're just like, this is just a ridiculous illustration, Jesus. I mean, come on. Like, if you ask for a fish, who's going to give a serpent or snakes, right? Like, that just seems, that seems goofy. And like rocks, like, okay, yeah. Like, when's that going to happen? But in the original context, you know, the fish were kind of like, that they ate all the time were a bit more like eel-like in, in nature. Like they looked a bit more like serpents or snakes. And their bread would have looked 
more like this than your loaf of bread that you would buy. And oftentimes the stones that they would find were flat like this and, uh, and round. And so Jesus is getting at something a bit more than just jerk parents that give rocks and snakes. No, he's kind of getting at like this like deception. Like who would, who would joke with their kids and give them a rock when it looks like bread and they go to chomp on it and like what horrible parents would that be? And so it makes it even all the more crazy because who's going to not just be a bad parent, but who's going to play a joke on their kids? And the kids are like, okay, the next time we have spaghetti, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure. No. no. But then he teases out, no, that's absolutely ridiculous. Who? Who would do that? If, if you, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? God always gives us what is good. God always gives us what is good. Now, I know that we can experience challenges in life that don't make sense. We can experience trials in life that we just don't make sense. But Jesus is getting at the goodness of our God, that he wants to direct our gaze, get our eyes off of our circumstances and our eyes on him. What, what does a good parent provide for their children? They provide the necessities. They provide food and clothing and shelter. And your God provides that. We were taught to ask about some of those things when we studied about the Lord's Prayer. Certainly parents who are good give their kids an education. They see to it that they're educated academically some way, but also practically because they want them to navigate life, whether that's teaching them how to drive or how to cut things in the kitchen so they don't hurt themselves. There's, there's education that is given so that they can navigate God's world. Parents teach spiritual truth, teach their kids about the gospel, teach their kids what's, what God says in his word to bring them to spiritual maturity. God teaches us through his spirit. But parents, good parents are also discerning. Right? They, they're discerning of when to bless their children. Because, because children ask for things. Even if you don't have children, maybe you're a teacher, you've experienced this, or you worked in Harvest Kids, you know, you've, you've experienced the reality when a kid asks you something. I want blank. Well, I don't think it's, it's time for us to have that right now, or that, that wouldn't be good. There's different reasons we have to say no, Right? And then what do you inevitably hear? If you don't give me blank, you don't love me. We've heard that before. Maybe we've said that before. But a loving, wise parent is discerning. And there are times, again, that we experience hard things. And this passage isn't about us just uh, 
flippantly addressing serious trials in our life. No, he wants us to know that he's loving because we live in a context where where parents can often confuse love with indulgence or they can confuse providing with instant gratification. But loving and instant gratification don't always go hand in hand. Sometimes they do. But God wants us to direct our hearts towards him. And he wants us to know his eagerness to bless when we hunger to grow. Because every, every Christian parent I know of, when, when their child comes to them, no matter if they're 5 or 15 or 35, when their child comes to them and says, I've been struggling with anger. I want to grow. Will you help me? Or the child says, you know, I really don't know that much about the Bible and I think I should know more because I want to follow God. Will you help me? What, what do parents do? What do Christian parents do when they get that kind of question? Everything stops. And they're like, yes. Yes, I will I will give the time and the energy to help you understand about Christ and what he has done and to help you walk. I'm so grateful that you've brought that to me, that you've confessed that and that you want to grow in that area. Absolutely, I will help you. How much more will your heavenly father help you when you come to him and you're hungering and thirsting for his kingdom. How much more will he help you to grow as you're seeking to grow in righteousness? So when we so it makes a lot of sense if we if we are asking for those things for him to say, "Well, for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds." And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. He wants to bless us in that way. And it's not that he doesn't want to bless us in other ways, and it's not that we don't persevere in prayer in other things, but he wants us to hunger and thirst for righteousness. He wants us to have our hearts directed towards his kingdom, and he understands it's hard. And so Jesus says, don't lose heart. Just keep asking. Oh, and if you ask, well, then seek. And seek and you will find. And, and, then, and then knock when it, there seems to be something where it doesn't break through. Let's just continue in prayer because God wants to give you good gifts. He wants to meet you at the point of your need. And if you ever question his goodness, though, I think we could sit down and have a conversation and we could unpack and see God's hand of blessing in your life, how he's provided, how he's cared, how he's encouraged, how he's convicted, so many different things. We can see God's hand. But even if you're in the midst of something and you're so discouraged and you can't see any of that, you can always know that God sent his son for you. God showed his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, 
Christ died for us. We never need to look any further than the cross to know that our Father loves us and that he's good toward us, that he sent his perfect son for us. So let us remember his goodness. Rather than coming to all that the Lord has challenged us with in the Sermon on the Mount and be discouraged or make our to-do list, let's come to him in prayer and seek him. God, work this out in me. God wants us to give us good things So let's ask for his kingdom to come and his will to be done in our lives. He wants us to seek first his kingdom. He wants us to ask and seek and knock. I read somewhere, someone once said, any discussion of the doctrine of prayer that does not issue in the practice of prayer is not only not helpful but harmful. So as we talk about this, I want to help us to take steps to do it. So I've asked the ushers to, uh, to hand out some note cards right now. And what, what you're going to do is, is you get the note card. And now if you want to use electronic device, because you know that note card is going to be lost sometime between here and the door, that, that's totally fine. Uh, I'm helped by note cards. So if you need a pen, ask for a pen, get a note card. And and this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a few minutes right now before we pray. And I want you to open your Bibles to and and just kind of skim through Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Because that's where we've been at in the text. And if those of you who are here and you're new and you haven't been, uh, this may feel like a lot because you haven't been in the midst of that. That's totally okay. So, okay, so what we're going to do, as you get it, you're going to skim through, and you're just going to pick out something. Where is something where the Lord has brought conviction in my life that, that I need to grow in? Or, or is there an area that you're just like, I'm so discouraged in that area, I thought I was a Christian, and I'm not really sure if I am anymore, because you're, you're that discouraged. It could be something like that. And I simply want you to write it down on the card. What, what is the thing that you're going to ask the Lord for as we, we ask, seek, and knock? So if you're waiting to get a note card, you can still have your Bible open and start looking. Now, it's going to be overwhelming. I did this this morning going, okay, I'm going to ask everybody else to do this, and I'm going to do it. And I, I was discouraged by verse 17 of chapter 5, okay? So, so it's okay. There's, there's just a lot there. So pick one thing. Now, if you're an overachiever and you want to pick two or three, that's fine. But don't, don't pick more than that. And we're going to write it down on the note card. And, and so I'm just going to give you a minute to, to do that. It's going to, all you're going to hear is like pages flipping and people writing. And it's okay. We don't have, have music playing because I didn't, I didn't think about that. Uh, but let, let's, just, let's just do that. And then, and then we're going to, I'm going to give you some instruction of, what we're going to do with that. So I'm just going to give you a minute or two or three to do that. And again, you, you don't have to like commit. You don't have to be like, oh, I, you know, tomorrow, oh, I picked the wrong one. I should have picked something else. It's totally fine if this week you're like, yeah, I want to emphasize something else in my prayers. That's totally fine. But let's just take some steps and, and write, write something down. I'm not, I'm not trying to strong arm you into something, though it it does feel like, I got to do this right now because everybody else is doing it. 
So, you know, if you're, if you're doodling on your paper, that's totally fine because I'm not going to make you do something. But I, I just know that if I don't take action with something right away, I, I, will, I will just move on to the next thing. You know, I, I'm, I'm the type that, you know, as soon as I pulled out this bread, I started thinking about lunch, right? Some of you are like, God gives good gifts. That's awesome. Oh, I wish I was up there. I can be distracted. Okay. So you've got it written on the paper. I want to encourage you to do two things. One, I want to encourage you to share this uh, with at least one person from your small group. If you don't have a small group, I'd love to talk with you afterwards. Um, and, and certainly anyone can email me or Wes. We'd love to, in our weekly prayer time, be praying for you about these things. But the second thing I want you to do, more importantly, is I want you to, to pray about this for the summer. I know this is a holiday weekend. We're all aware it's going to be warm today. And we're like, free! Time to be outside. But perseverance in prayer doesn't come by us just praying. And I'm going to pray here in a moment about these things. But perseverance in prayer comes over time. And it takes time. Asking and seeking and knocking doesn't just happen like that. Okay, I, I asked and I didn't get it and I saw it and I didn't get it and I knocked and okay, I'm done. Lord, I did all three. You know, 60 seconds has gone by on my watch. How come you haven't done anything about it? God gets stuff done in our hearts through the process. But we know God gives good gifts and I'm expecting God to meet us. I'm expecting God to meet you and for you to experience the answered prayer of growing in this way. Now, I just want to warn you, as you pray to grow, God's going to help you to grow. And so you may, you may get circumstances in your life that provide opportunities to display that growth has happened. Okay? Like people talk about patience. Oh, I want patience until they're given the opportunity to express that patience, you know, for, exa for example. But as we seek to direct our hearts towards his kingdom, as we, as we take steps to grow in light of what Jesus has done, we see God's help, you're gonna see that you have a good, good father. Now, I know I'm putting this out there. I'm, I'm expecting God to answer, but I believe he'll answer because Jesus is asking us to pray for these things in the context of the Lord's prayer. So let's persevere in prayer together this summer. And I pray that it doesn't stop at the end of the summer, but let's just set it out as the summer. But you might see fruit of this in, in a short period of time. You may have to continue to ask and to seek and to knock, but let's do this together, to do God's word together and to trust God to work because we know he is good. So let's pray. Father, we've all written some things down. Lord, the things that I've written down on my note card, I'm, I'm both excited about and, and uh, terrified because there are things that I, sometimes my selfish heart, I, I don't want to change. So I ask God that you would meet us. We're gonna start today by asking. So even in the place that, that you are, even as I'm praying, you can ask, God, 
help me with this because I want, I want to reflect your kingdom. I want to grow. And I pray, Lord, that we would know your nearness. We would know that you are good. You're a good father who gives us good gifts. And I pray, Lord, that we would see when they come, that we wouldn't be distracted by lesser things, but that we would see where you're working. And I pray, Lord, that you would move upon our hearts to speak to others in our local church to point out where you are working because you're a good father. So, Lord, we come now and we ask, and I pray that you would give us endurance, that we wouldn't be discouraged in this growth in our Christian life, but that you would help us to see Christ each and every day. We ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Lakeshore Sermon Podcast. Harvest Lakeshore exists to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. For more information about us, visit harvestlakeshore.org.